Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Chatter. This is Travis, and today I'm talking about tea for trauma. So just to remind you, uh, what we do on the Dungeon Chatter podcast is we are discussing aspects of RPG design, and we move alphabetically uh, from A through Z, and then we restart, and as you can tell, we're on to the letter T for trauma. And the general way that an episode proceeds is uh, we begin by discussing just what it is that we're talking about, uh, explaining the concept. Uh, then we give some examples of the ways that uh, games handle it that we like, or other games handle it perhaps that we don't like. And then we make um, our pitch. And then finally, we end up with a piece known as Hack and Slash. And in Hack and Slash, uh, we just sort of troubleshoot and try to figure out uh, whether there are any potential pitfalls um, in the pitch that we've come up with. And so let me begin with something that we haven't done formally previously, I don't believe. So... This is the first episode that comes with a proper trigger warning. Uh, We discussed some heavy issues in J for justice, but this episode centrally involves a discussion of trauma, and I I think I addressed the topic carefully and respectfully, but please be warned that we'll discuss possible sources and effects of trauma. Uh, We'll do it in an RPG setting, though. And we've got a couple references, uh, one to a real-world case and uh, one to um, a fictional case, Uh, and then we'll talk about them in the context of the RPG. And so, perhaps to set the stage, I'll begin with these two quotes. So the first one uh, comes from Shirley Jackson in the beginning of chapter two of The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, She writes as follows. Eleanor Vance was 32 years old when she came to Hill House. The only person in the world she genuinely hated, now that her mother was dead, was her sister. She disliked her brother-in-law and her five-year-old niece. And she had no friends. This was owing largely to the 11 years she had spent caring for her invalid mother, which had left her with some proficiency as a nurse and an inability to face strong sunlight without blinking. She could not remember ever being truly happy in her adult life. Her years with her mother had been built up devotedly around small guilts and small reproaches, constant weariness, and unending, unending despair. Okay. And then we have this quote from... Uh, I think his first name is Robert uh, Shea. He's a scholar who uh, wrote a pretty well-known text. It's called Achilles in Vietnam. And uh, this quote goes something like this. The moral dimension of trauma destroys virtue, undoes good character. And so it's really these, the way that these two pieces fit together, um, the way that real-world experiences, uh, or in the case of an RPG, fictional experiences, can affect your character uh, in such a way, and I mean the character that you are playing, in such a way as to to threaten them in just the same way uh, that non-psychic wounds uh, threaten them. So if a character takes a lot of uh, hits, a lot of damage to um, a foot, that could destroy the character's foot. A character could be struck in the eye and lose the eye. Uh, The character could be whatever, right? Uh, A lot of physical injuries like that could happen. And so similarly for trauma, the character could just have a non-physical injury, or at least not obviously physical injury, that somehow or other poses a new challenge to them or distracts from um, their virtue or their efficacy, their ability to do things well. 
And that's the topic that I want to talk about today. Now, I'll begin by discussing, um, let's see, maybe uh, two extremes. Uh, so ways that different systems handle this in, I, I think, a kind of extreme way if we're thinking about a continuum. Uh, extreme doesn't have to mean bad here. It's just uh, one where the effects seem to matter not at all, and another one where they matter uh, perhaps too much uh, for most tastes. And so the system where trauma and... Uh, Maybe I should begin by clarifying this point here. So uh, trauma is generally any kind of wound. But at this point, I'm thinking of uh, trauma as anything other than those obvious physical kinds of wounds that characters are dealt in the course of adventuring. The way that uh, Dungeons & Dragons, for instance, has handled this, at least since first edition and into second edition, um, is just by neglecting it or ignoring it or at least saying that there is nothing explicit in the system that has anything to do with uh, psychic trauma, for instance. Now, it's true that there are, are psionic abilities and so psychic attacks, uh, attacks that could have special results and um, could dominate you and do other sorts of things, but short of specific psychic attacks, there's not really anything that affects you long term. It's like a terror effect if you see, I think a ghost has a, um, a terror, effect, uh, terror effect that makes people flee in terror. And there are some other examples like that, you know, but there's not really anything uh, that has a kind of more mundane uh, trigger to it. So the kind of thing that makes us have to, to make a check. Let, let me just clarify that terminology. So if you are climbing a wall um, and you have a skill of climb, then you might make a climbing check. Uh, or if you don't have a, a skill, you might default to a general ability like your dexterity or your agility. And so we might say, make an agility check uh, to make sure that you can stay on the wall. So it's that um, a threat to your grip is the kind of trigger for the check, or an attempt to climb a wall is a trigger for your uh, ability check or your skill check. And so similarly, or I guess analogously for the case of uh, trauma, we might say well, that there could be certain triggers uh, that make us that make you have to check against that trigger. Um, I'll explain what all that means in more detail. Just want to make sure that that general idea makes good sense here. And so uh, again, in the case of D and D, specifically in first and second edition, there's really no mundane trigger that ever makes you have to make a psychic check or a check against non-physical trauma. In the case of the RPG, um, this is a computer RPG. Um, in fact, I only know of it for PS4, but maybe it's on some other systems. And it's called Darkest Dungeon. Um, and it's a party-based RPG. I've talked about it previously. Uh, in fact, Victoria and I have even talked about uh, this kind of psychic impact piece. Maybe we talked about this in, I don't know, D for Damage. Um, so we've talked about this previously. You make your party, uh, you go out into a dungeon, and you have your adventures. And uh, one of the ways that you can be injured is by taking physical damage from attacks, like uh, someone throws a bone at you, someone stabs you with a sword, um, and then there are magic attacks that might, um, I don't know, send poison at you, or put you to sleep, or stun you. And then there are psychic effects, which happen um, as you encounter terrifying situations. So in that RPG, if you're walking around with low light, you might become a little bit scared. If someone's um, dealt damage uh, by a trap, so if you set off a trap, that could be terrifying. If one of your party members is dropped, knocked unconscious, uh, that could be uh, a trigger. 
if one of your party members is killed, uh, that could be a trigger. And so what these things do uh, is not just threaten you with physical damage, um, and in that case we're probably counting in terms of hit points. Uh, so if you have 20 hit points um, and you take some damage, maybe you're down to 15 hit points, it's that these um, psychic attacks or traumatic events uh, have different kind of pools that they draw from. So it doesn't have to be hit points. It might be something else. And in Darkest Dungeon, it is. I don't know what those things are called. Maybe they're called horror points or something like that. Uh, but when you reach 100, you're in one bad state. And when you reach 200, you're in another kind of scary, uh, awful state. Uh, and so one of the things that could happen is you might get results uh, or of um, status effects. So you might, one of the things that might happen is you might suffer a status effect. And in Darkest Dungeon, uh, this might be that you are afflicted with a, like a viciousness. So for instance, uh, you might become very selfish, uh, or you might become, I don't know if masochistic is exactly the word, or you might become uh, pessimistic. Uh, and so this does a couple of things for you. If, if you're if you're selfish, you might uh, steal gold uh, rather than attacking someone. Um, or if you're cowardly, you might move behind a party member uh, and put them in front of you rather than attacking. Um, or you might uh, decide not to attack at all um, and just say it's all hopeless. Uh, or you might even in some cases um, attack yourself. Uh, and so those are status effects that are very different from just taking away from hit points. Now notice that some of those may take away from hit points if you attack yourself um, or if you push someone to the front of the party. Um, those people could be um, targeted for damage. And so the, the thing that's very cool about that is that it becomes, as we've said in the past, a mini game, right? So now you have to manage uh, not just um, your party's hit points and your levels and that sort of stuff, um, as you get your party ready to go out on adventures, and, and not just a kind of budgeting of equipment. Those are really cool aspects of the game. But then you have to, to think about managing stress. So as your party is increasingly stressed, or as one member of your party is increasingly stressed, you often have to leave that character behind and supplement with uh, or replace with a, a kind of weaker character. And so what does the character who's left behind do? Well, those characters will go to um, one of several different places. Maybe they're going to pray or meditate um, or beat themselves um, or drink uh, or whatever, right? So something else to do a kind of uh, penance or somehow or other deal with uh, the stresses. And the hope is uh, that they'll come out of that feeling much better. And um, in addition to those in-adventure uh, status effects, sometimes characters come away with lasting uh, status effects. Uh, so if you have a very stressful time, um, say, underground, then your character might develop a fear of going underground, uh, and then that will manifest in your characters uh, starting off very stressed already and taking additional stress if they have to go underground, which just kind of feeds back in this kind of vicious circle, right? Uh, okay, so uh, in my taste, that's a little too much. Um, I love that game, but I really just wish I could play that game sometimes without the psychic effects. Um, I've never been able to beat the game. Maybe that's why, right? So I just, it's, uh, maybe that's why I don't like it so much. I, I would like to be able to beat the game. Um, but the, uh, it's the psychic effects as opposed to the physical damage that just gets to be too much. So... Uh, some people might like that. Uh, I still think it's a great game. I think it could actually be better if you could turn that stuff off. So then we end up with this kind of continuum from uh, 
psychic stuff doesn't matter at all to psychic stuff matters maybe too much and, and dominates the game. Now, I'll pause and remind that uh, one of our general rules of thumb is that uh, you should essentially play the game that you want to play. And if you want to play a game where your characters are struggling with uh, psychic effects, then play that game. And if you want to play a game where psychic effects don't matter at all, uh, then play that game. But I like to try to find a sweet spot um, where uh, we can get massive appeal while still including the concept. Um, and I should probably pause now and say that one of the games that won't be discussed in here is probably it's probably a shame that I've never played this game, but I've never called uh, played uh, Call of Cthulhu or Call of Cthulhu, depending how you want to pronounce that. Um, and uh, I understand, I mean, the game is essentially about uh, that kind of slow decline of your mental faculties as you encounter uh, more and more um, eldritch interactions or more and more eldritch uh, sources. So I just haven't played the game, so I don't know how it works in that game. Probably worth researching. Okay. So as we come around to discuss some of the uh, possible ways that you could include trauma, and again, by trauma here, I mean the, the uh, non-physical trauma, um, the first method is uh, just to include it for role-playing. Uh, so have no formal impact, say like Dungeons & Dragons, there's no formal impact, but allow players to role-play it. Uh, and so if a, if a player has a character who had a, something awful happen to them in the dark at some point, uh, then this could be a character who is just afraid to go into the dark. Not, not that there's anything that will show up on the character sheet to reflect that, but that will just be something about the character's personality that the player will have to make happen. Uh, maybe I'll build in the uh, troubleshooting now, the hack and slash, right? So there are clear pros and cons here. Um, on one hand, um, you might find that some players uh, really embrace that idea and some of them don't. Uh, you might find that uh, some enjoy the idea of role-playing through a challenge that, they've, that their character has faced like this, um, but when they see that none of their other uh, party members are doing that kind of thing, uh, kind of holding themselves back in some way by being authentic with the experience, uh, yeah, you, you, you might just find that um, that player who likes the idea actually ends up not embracing the idea because it serves as too great a detriment relative to uh, the player's uh, other party members. So that's one possibility. Um, another possibility is that there's someone who just embraces it to such an extent uh, that it just kind of uh, enrages the, the remainder of the party, right? So uh, I, don't, I don't know. One of the interesting pieces about trauma is that... Um, something that might be traumatic to one individual might not be at all traumatic to another individual. Uh, and so there is a sense of, in, in the same way that um, if it hurts, it hurts, uh, in the way, right? So for pain, if, if it hurts, you're in pain. And if it doesn't hurt, you're not in pain. And so there's something analogous going on here with trauma, which is just that if it seems traumatic to you, it is traumatic, right? Uh, and so we might have a character who just plays that up uh, to such an extent. I, I, a player, right, uh, who plays that up for the character. And then you can just imagine the kind of opposite experience here to prior. And in this case, the rest of the party is like, my goodness, can't we, you know, can't we move beyond your fear of darkness or something like that? Um, it's really getting in the way of our ability to go into dungeons and do a lot of the stuff that we want to do. And it's actually distracting from um, our enjoyment. Now, that this is always the balancing act, right? So um, I call this the toggle, right? So how, uh, how do we move from implementing this thing uh, to 
uh, not having it overtake, right? So how does it not dominate the game? And that's something that um, parties in general have to work out, right? Uh, so that pitch, again, is uh, just include it as a role-playing element. Don't have any formal component in the system. Now, there's a little bit of a tweak that we could run on that, which is something like um, alignment. In J for Justice, we discussed alignment a little bit. Um, and there is a, an editorial, a, a blog post, uh, that I posted on DungeonChatter.com. And that editorial examines some of the pitfalls of alignment. Uh, and alignment is, I, I don't want to really get into it, but the idea is, here's the very brief version. It's supposed to give us a kind of guide uh, to uh, the moral motivations of your character, the kind of moral compass of your character. It's a good way of thinking about it. Um, it fails at that for a couple of reasons. But... Um, one of the interesting things that D&D did was to say that if a player is not playing their character's alignment, they begin to suffer um, experience penalties. And this just means it's more difficult for the character uh, to advance in levels and power and all that good stuff. And so maybe a, a little bit of a tweak on the idea of including uh, trauma uh, just as a role-playing element is to include it as a role-playing element and maybe uh, give additional points for good role-playing, and whatever that might mean here, that might mean anything that is faithful to both the, the kind of traumatic element and the party's uh, goals, um, and the other way of doing it might be uh, to give penalties uh, for inauthentic um, portrayal or inauthentic, or, sorry, or um, detrimental uh, to the party's goals. Obviously, there are some problems with this. Uh, so, one of the potential, the, 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 I think the problems are actually quite plain here. Uh, when we start wondering um, how do we balance authenticity with party advancement or authenticity uh, with um, fun for everyone else, unfortunately, I mean, this is the same problem uh, that creeps up whenever we worry about alignment. Uh, whenever we have one character who wants to um, steal or kill or whatever when the rest of the party doesn't want to do that, or one person who doesn't want to do that when the rest of the party does. Uh, this is the, just the toggle that has shown up again, right? So um, how do we incorporate this element without allowing it to dominate in an unacceptable kind of way? So those are two, two possible ways to think about it. Uh, no formal system uh, impact. And the second way is no formal system impact except in terms of experience. Uh, and although uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a game that uses um, experience points, uh, you could do the same thing for uh, if you're doing milestone uh, leveling. Um, and if you're not sure on that, I think it's an E for experience or L for levels. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't remember. Um, you can look back at that distinction and then just think about it. So maybe a, a scene where a character... Um, authentically deals with their trauma, that would be a minor milestone, or maybe a major milestone, depending on how important it is, um, or a time where a character is able to uh, conquer it for the better of the party, or maybe a time where the party is able to put their goals on hold in order to help a character with a traumatic event. Those could all be milestones, um, and so that's, again, just the, the kind of normal trade-off in thinking about how um, an individual's goals uh, go along with um, the group goals. A second way, a second major way of dealing uh, with trauma, a second major way of dealing with uh, trauma in an RPG is to introduce uh, those status effects. 
And so as I noted in Darkest Dungeon, um, there are status effects, uh, and status effects are just things other than hit point uh, damages. Uh, so a status effect might be um, if you have damage to your leg, your movement is slowed. Um, if you take um, damage to the eye, your perception checks are off. If you are hit in the head too many times, you're concussed, so your balance is screwed up, or something like that. And so we could clearly see, in the case of non-physical trauma, uh, trauma as I'm using it here, uh, we could see something like um, a character who is uh, now anxious, um, or a character who is um, afraid to enter uh, a room. Um, that's dark, say, for instance, um, or a character who's afraid to be alone, or a character who um, is uh, worried that they're going to lose something important to them, or a character who becomes obsessed with um, the way that others view them, uh, their kind of esteem in the eyes of others. And all these things could uh, lead to in-game effects, so they don't have to affect your hit points, uh, but they could affect your ability checks. And so um, if we use a kind of rule of thumb for some of those straightforward physical things, a, a wound to the lower body will in general affect the movement rate. Um, uh, a wound to um, an arm will, or uh, the upper body, well, let's focus on the limbs, will generally affect your ability to, um, say, you know, do any, use anything that you're wielding or holding things with. A wound to the head uh, typically will affect uh, perception and, and judgment. Uh, and I don't know about the back and the stomach. I, I don't know. Uh, this is just kind of something I'm making up on the spot, but that's more or less how uh, different systems handle those pieces. And so uh, with all that in mind, uh, maybe we could do something similar for uh, some of the uh, trauma. So we'll have a, a trigger, uh, and the trigger will make the character um, have to, the, so the player of the character will have to make some kind of check. Uh, and then the, um, depending on the check, if the check is a success, then this is good. And the players, uh, the player is able to, uh, you know, conquer, uh, that traumatic event or, or at least deal with it, suppress that trauma, uh, or maybe even process it if it's, you know, process it and transform it if it's a critical success. Um, but on a failure, then, um, some trait, some, um, status effect will be attached, uh, to the character. And so, uh, what would these be? Well, it depends how specific you want to be with these triggers. Uh, so if you want the triggers to be something like um, loneliness, uh, abandonment, for instance, uh, then any time the uh, character has to be alone, they become very anxious, and maybe they suffer a uh, minus one to perception uh, checks. Why might that make sense? I'm just making this up on the spot, by the way. Why might that make sense? Well, because if you don't want to be alone and you're afraid uh, that you know people aren't uh, wanting to be around you, uh, then you might... Oh, actually, yeah, this is even better. So as I'm talking through that, I'm thinking. So maybe this is better as a kind of... Um, per not perception. Um, it's called a reaction role, right? So when you encounter someone else, how do you react to those people? And it might be favorably, unfavorably, hostile, super friendly, right? Um, you know, somewhere in that kind of range. Uh, and so if you are someone who fears abandonment uh, or has abandonment issues because of something that happened in your formative time or you had a traumatic event uh, that was a type of abandonment, uh, then you may, might be, A, more likely to think that others will abandon you, and B, if you are in fact abandoned by them, even briefly, uh, you might uh, always react negatively to that person. Uh, like, that's another person who abandoned me. Uh, so that's one of the ways uh, that you could work uh, these ideas of trauma uh, into your game. Um, what's this model called? Uh, this is the 
the, the kind of trigger, check, status effect. That's a good way of thinking about it. So trigger, check, status effect. Um, and status effects don't have to be bad. Uh, you could be someone who, so you, you could think about this again in terms of uh, failures, uh, making the character more and more prone, increasingly prone to, uh, prone to trauma, uh, and uh, someone who continues to make their checks, especially who makes them in a critical way, critical success, um, increasingly unprone, uh, or maybe even uh, become stronger in situations of stress, uh, stronger just in terms of uh, maybe their senses focus, um, or they become uh, less likely to uh, run away in the course of uh, an attack. Uh, or able to shrug off even perhaps some physical damage uh, in the service of some kind of overcoming of a trauma. Something like that, or a potential trauma, I should say. So if they're shrugging off the potential trauma, um, then it's not an actual trauma. So as I'm making the pitch, um, I figured I might as well go a little bit beyond uh, what I've laid out just in terms of the system, the ways that it might possibly uh, fit into your system. Uh, and so... I have a few different check types that I think are worth including in this system that you come up with. Uh, so if you want to, whichever version you want to adopt, here are sort of types um, of checks. So these would be trauma checks. Uh, and uh, I have the title and then I have a the trigger explained. And I'll talk perhaps a bit more about what that means. Uh, so um, abandonment, uh, that would be, could be a specific sort of trauma. And uh, this could be a good trigger for that would be isolation. I think I've sort of mentioned that. So if your character has been abandoned in the past, um, then a character's if the character if the party's and if the party ends up going off and leaving that character behind, intentional or not, that might be a situation that calls for an abandonment check. Any change, uh, not just change, but uh, any uh, uh, an alteration in perceived status. Uh, and this could be if the character sees themselves as having uh, just sort of changed the kind of person that they are, uh, or if their status changes in the eyes of people around them. Uh, either one of those. Th those are separate and different, I think. Uh, but either one of those could work for a change check. Uh, disappointment. Similar, uh, but this is where uh, the character, it's not about the status as much as just failure to reach an important life goal. And this could be like in a certain time set, the character had decided, um, I want to do this by a certain age or on this quest or whatever. Um, or it could be that the opportunity uh, doesn't have to be temporal, but maybe it was like, kill this villain, and then someone else kills the villain. That could be a sense of disappointment. Um, fear, I think, is especially apt for this time of year. So we're close to Halloween. Um, approaching danger um, and unnatural occurrences. Um, that's a really good one that um it is different from grief or pain which are the next two but but fear so haunting um supernatural stuff uh, even magic uh, in some settings uh could be good candidates for fear um if you're being harassed or stalked uh, that's a good uh, opportunity uh for a trauma check um and then i mentioned grief and pain uh, grief could be the loss of a loved one or anything that you cherish. Uh, so it could be, uh, I don't know if, the, if you're a paladin uh, or a cleric and your um, church burns down. Uh, if your, your, your horse dies, uh, a character member, a party member, sorry, dies. Uh, those are all possible triggers for grief. And then pain is just the kind of thing that comes along with 
um, especially specifically being dealt wounds, uh, or maybe generally being dealt wounds. Uh, but also, um, if someone's torturing your character, they don't have to uh, necessarily be driving you closer and closer to death, inflicting a lot of hit points on you. They might just be inflicting kind of general general trauma on you. Uh, but again, don't uh, I, I don't see why it can't also include the damage that would come from uh, regular old attacks. Uh, so if those are the types of check, and if those are the situation that would call for a trauma check, uh, what would this mean? Well, in general, the rule of thumb that I would give is um, the more severe the failure, uh, the uh, longer you should be affected negatively, and the greater the negative effect. And the greater the success, the longer you should receive a benefit, and the greater the benefit that you should receive. So by way of hack and slash, what could possibly go wrong with this sort of approach. I think um, there are a couple obvious uh, potential problems. And the first one is just about um, the arbitrariness of this, right? So on one hand, <clears throat> you know, you, uh, you know, you don't have to uh, say that these rules break down the world, carve up the world at its joints, right? So for instance, um, is it true that these are uh, abandonment, change, disappointment, fear, grief, pain, uh, that those are the six and the only six um, sort of sources of trauma uh, in this world. Um, and I, I take it that the answer is no, or at least, I mean, I, I really don't know. Um, and so with that kind of, that level of arbitrariness just at that first stage uh, might give us pause. But as with every RPG that you play, um, is it true that strength, intelligence, wisdom, dex, con, charisma are the six and the only six uh, kind of whatever abilities that humans have? Uh, and I take it the answer is no. There used to be comeliness, uh, but that has gone away. Um, but looks, I take it, are an actual thing. Um, dexterity seems to cover a lot of ground, right? Strength refers especially to pressing, but I don't know that pressing uh, is more important or a better measure than, say, um, I don't know, deadlifting or squatting. Uh, so, and none of those stats affect speed. Um, so I, I, th I take it that these are some, these are just the same kind of problems that you deal with whenever you uh, take something as kind of vivid and alive uh, as human actions and try to reduce them down to a manageable uh, subset of just skills or, or numbers or measures. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be especially uh, worried by that consideration. Uh, what I would say is that uh, if you're going to include the, this trauma in an RPG, it should absolutely be involved in your uh, session zero. So you and your players, uh, you and your party, you and your GM should sit down and discuss um, what they are, whether you use them, and uh, what impact they'll have. Uh, now that's one type of just arbitrariness in terms of um, sh should this be included or not? Um, does this fit this or does this fit that? Uh, but another question could be just um, how frequently will you be asked to do these checks? Um, and and this is you know a hack and slash. This is a potential problem, but it's the same kind of problem that you have in say Dungeons and Dragons. Um, do I have to make a strength check for this, or can I just do it? right? Uh, or can I just not do it? Like, it's impossible for me. Um, those are good questions. And I think that Victoria and I had previously said that we need to do a podcast in which we discuss uh, when you should roll and when you shouldn't roll. Uh, 
um, maybe do a couple different approaches to that, a couple different takes um, on that question. I, I think it's a fantastic question, and it's kind of at the core of um, what different RPGs might feel like, or what different parties uh, might feel like. So some GMs might have you do a ton of checks, and other GMs might not want you to roll the dice much at all, and just have more of a conversation. And so I think uh, the that kind of challenge applied to this case would be, well, now, how abandoned do I have to be if I'm 50 feet away from anyone, but it's dark and so I can't see them? Is that an abandonment situation? Uh, great question. Uh, probably something that the, the DM is or the GM is going to have to uh, develop a kind of feel for and the, that the party would have to develop uh, a kind of sense of. And then that would be discussed in session zero and kind of tweaked over time. Um, and then the question of... Um, yeah, so those are both kind of arbitrariness questions. And then an, another possible issue here is just the, uh, the overpowering factor. Uh, and what this means is, could something like this threaten to take over the game? Uh, we've talked previously about uh, mini-games. Uh, mini-games uh, are, are fun uh, when they're mini-games. And if a group wants them to be more than a mini-game, uh, then they just you know become a part of the game. Uh, and so uh, this this is not exactly a mini game, but it's a piece like that. It's an adjunct piece, a piece that's attached on there and doesn't have to be a part of the game. You could totally play it without. But if you do decide to play with it, uh, can we see ways in which it could overpower? And it could. Uh, so it might be that a character ends up having um, very bad luck on a couple rolls and ends up with a kind of uh, severe weakness or severe susceptibility to a certain type of trauma is probably the best way of putting it. A severe susceptibility. Um, and if that susceptibility continues to make them increasingly vulnerable for longer and longer periods of time, uh, then they might essentially always be walking around with a, a, a massive penalty that they in some ways didn't sign up for. So uh, on one hand, I just want to admit uh, that is that is a reality. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, any mini-game uh, could threaten to take over. Uh, well, maybe not any, but probably any. Um, and so, in order to address this issue um, that it could take over, um, it, I think the real threat is that it takes over and makes the game not fun. Uh, so one way of kind of weighing... Um, the the kind of limitations that might come about. So if the player doesn't see uh, playing the, this kind of mental trauma, this psychic trauma uh, as an enjoyable piece, um, one option is to skip it. But another option is to include it and then think about ways to compensate for it. Uh, and so uh, Victoria and I have been talking about uh, this idea of adding in, uh, I'm just calling them tweaks for now. I don't like that uh, label, but the idea behind a tweak is that there are certain things uh, that uh, you, you might choose to have certain weaknesses or susceptibilities or vulnerabilities for your character, and where they become relevant in the game, uh, you actually gain experience. So uh, what would be an example? Some I don't want to spoil this too much, but uh, the very, very quick version would be something like <clears throat> um, some games have like merits and flaws or benefits and hindrances. Uh, and suppose you take a hindrance, which is um, a powerful enemy. This is one that in games people like to take because it, they think it's just a benefit that adds to role-playing experiences. So your character has a powerful enemy, like Darth Vader or someone like that. And so when you have uh, this kind of enemy, 
they get involved in the story and do things. They they kind of they try to thwart you. They might attack you, whatever. And so, the idea would be that whenever they show up and actually set you back um, by imposing some kind of penalty on you, um, or by killing something close to you, or taking something from you, or depriving you of something, uh, in those cases, uh, your character would gain some experience points. Uh, so one of the benefits to this kind of approach is that uh, in some games when you take a um, a drawback or a hindrance or, or a, a flaw, you get extra points to create your character. In this case, you wouldn't get extra points to create your character, uh, but you would open up opportunities for earning more experience down the line. So it would, they would be conditional. So if you suffer uh, or are set back or are challenged, uh, you would be able to earn extra experience points. And so I think something similar could happen here. Uh, maybe this whole thing, this mentality piece or this trauma piece um, is just a kind of subset of the tweaks if you want to deal with a character who has uh, special role-playing um, barriers uh, or challenges uh, of the form of susceptibility to trauma of this type or that type. Uh, then one of the things that this could do for you is uh, give you experience to spend on your character to make them better in other ways. Uh, and one of the ways that you could get better is maybe to kind of buy off uh, this, uh, this drawback or this susceptibility. Um, and that could work in terms of story. Okay, so um, that's the kind of troubleshooting and pitch piece. And uh, that's where I am at this point. And uh, so I hope to be able to playtest some of this stuff pretty soon. And uh, so definitely by this time next year, uh, I'd like to have some kind of a horror uh, scenario module together to run through and test some of these ideas. Okay, so that said, um, I think that's all for now. Uh, let's see, I'll be back in about a week, and that will be very close to uh, Halloween, and we'll be talking about you for unconscious. Uh, so what happens when your character becomes unconscious? Uh, and so... I have been Travis, and this has been Dungeon Chatter.